Welcome back to Dazed and Confused 33 and a third. I'm Jarf, and I am thrilled to be back for this week. We have an exciting track. It's track 22, Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss. It's the start of the third act, so we are heading to the Moon Tower. And our guest for this week is Colin Parker, podcaster, producer, and all-around pod boss at the Scavengers Network. Welcome, Colin. Hello, everyone. I am so stoked to be here. It's great to be here because, you know, I've I've had a message that I've wanted to share with the people for so long, uh, and it's that you show us everything you've got, you keep on dancing, the room gets hot. You, I think you know where this is going, right? You drive us wild, we'll drive you crazy. <laughs> you say you want to go for a spin, but the party's just begun, we'll let you in to the podcast, uh, and I am ripping and roaring to go. I'm so stoked to be here. That's right. The party's just begun. So just to break down this track, it mm-hmm. starts with Pink, Don, and Mitch driving around with the Kiss statues in tow. And it ends with Siobhan, Jody, Kay, and Sabrina arriving at the Moon Tower. So we've got everyone in motion. The song is picking up. And I wondered if there was a moment that stood out to you in this scene and why. Part of this does kind of remind me a lot of like summer. T- I mean, obviously it's summertime, right? This is like the day of like the last day of school and stuff like that within the movie. But like, I think it's interesting of how little has kind of changed, right? Like between like even in 2020. Well, okay. I realized I was going to say 2022. Uh, I graduated from my graduate program this year, but in like high school graduating or like ending for the summer, things were pretty much the same. Like the the two bits that really stuck out to me were just the the bits of like people driving up next to each other and like the windows being rolled down. They're just like screaming over the road instead of like either pulling over to talk, you know, like in a place where you could actually hear someone or understand uh, and be safe. And also like even in like 2008 or 2009, the summers that I'm thinking of in particular, like we had cell phones. We could have just called someone in the other car, but still like rolling down the window being like, you guys going over to so-and-so's? It's like, yeah. It's like, all right. (laughs) You're like, cool. Like, we'll see you there. We got to go pick up Jacob. And they're like, all right. You know, like just people like screaming like nothing basically like over the two lane highway that we, you know, lived off of. Like, I felt like that. I was like, oh, whoa, God. It's like I'm, you know, 17 again. But then also the scene of just seeing every single car uh, with no real parking structure. Like when they're like in like the the kind of like wooded area there, the amount of like, you know, gatherings, uh, I guess is the word I'll use for it, that I've been to where uh, like there wasn't necessarily street parking or even if there was, there was also some just like, you know, park in this lot or whatever where there's no spots and like people don't line up. They just kind of park wherever the hell they want. Like and it drives me crazy every time, even back then and even in this movie now, like looking at how few cars are actually lined up like it would be in like a parking lot it just i don't know why it drives me crazy but it really does you just need just a little bit more order and a little bit more of a system yeah i think it i I think it's just the fact that i'm like what if you're one of the cars that like you go way off to the side and then you realize you can't get out and like you want to leave like because then it's just untenable having to wait for everyone else or at least one or two other cars that are in your way it's like park in some sort of orderly fashion so we can leave whenever we want, you know? Yeah. Or that's going to be a bummer at the end of the night. Exactly. Going back to the pulling up along each other and mm-hmm. yelling car to car, I think part of the reason that 
that has such a strong high school vibe is because that's that time where you're just trying to make an adventure out of just your everyday life. Mm. There's not a lot going on. You're just trying to go out there and have some fun. And yes, you could, you could now call, as you said, call each other on your cell phones. You could wait till you get to a spot where you could safely talk, but it's about getting caught up in that moment and that adventurous feeling. So I think that it's appropriate in that way. And I also read a fun story about specifically what Matthew McConaughey says. So he's talking trash and they're having this Mm -hmm. little drag race. And he says, I hope you got your wood screws in. So a lot of his character was inspired by his older brother. And he said that that line is something that his older brother said in a track meet. Interesting. So lines up at the starting line. Guy, he is doing the 100-yard dash against. He's got a good four. He's about half a head taller than him. And he looks up at him and says, I hope you got your wood screws in, big boy, because I'm about to blow your doors completely fucking off. See, now that, I feel like that makes so much more sense. Like, like fully. Like, I don't know why, but like every time I've heard that, I've been like, this feels, I feel like I'm missing something. Or like, maybe it's just like a different time where that was like a common expression or whatever but i don't know it's it's fun though to hear people like and like the way that they think sounds intimidating yes and him being intimidating is quite funny in retrospect because his brother pat he lost that race by like 12 yards and it turns out the guy he was racing against made it all the way to the final trials in the olympics for the 100 meter so you know he had no business bragging like that but i like that mcconaughey just pulled that into his character and it's like okay i'm in this situation where i i need some false bravado so i'm gonna use that for my inspiration right and i feel like it's so important to him as well because like he is like the character who sticks out the most uh, because he doesn't belong there and like he's like trying to be you know what I mean like it's like he's he, if he makes himself seem really cool to them they'll like let him stick around they'll let him hang out but like he's just so removed from like their world in a way but like he finds a way to ingratiate himself into it I mean like it's not in this scene obviously but like you know in in the scenes where he's talking about you know still going after people that are clearly far too young for him um, but for whatever reason, the guys with him are like, oh, what a cool dude. And it's like, ooh, yikes. Actually, no, not so much. Yeah, what I realized that Wooderson is three or four years older than the seniors. So I have this Days and Confused yearbook, and it said that he graduated in 74 and they're the class of 77 so yeah three years so i realized that so when the freshman right now when mitch is a senior so which of the seniors do you imagine will still be hanging around the high school and will be basically like the wooderson oh man i mean in some ways it's gotta be um uh obanion there we go i don't know why i couldn't think because like he's already kind of in a way doing it almost unintentionally really by like being held back a year 
Mm-hmm. Like, he should have been gone. And, like, the fact that he's like, oh, actually, haha, psych, I'm coming back for another senior year. Right? Like, we're, you know, we're running it back. And it's like, ooh, hey, you really shouldn't be. So I feel like, in a way, he's almost, like, doing it to himself to, like, it's almost self-sabotage so he can remain cool. And in this same, like, I feel like he and, and Wooderson are, like, very similar in that capacity of, like, kind of wanting to remain there. Because um, I feel like if, you know, if O'Banion really was, you know, hot shit, he would let himself move on so he could go be hot shit in a cooler place, you know, um, like college and like, you know, go play ball or whatever. I don't know why I said play ball because I don't think you really say that for football, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, actually, Pickford's nickname for him is would have been. Hmm. Right. Mm, so yeah. there it is right there. Yeah. And I, I think that that's definitely the the case. I feel like there's quite a few of them who I think I think kind of give you the impression that they think it's cool to do that. But I think that like they are doing doing that or saying that because they are there like in the moment, for lack of a better term. But I do think that it's that thing of when he wasn't around, they were clearly getting along just fine without Wooderson. Right. And then when he leaves again, it's not like they're like, oh, man, really wish Wooderson was back here. I think that they think he's cool in the moment. But I think that most of them seem smart enough to be like, I'm, I'm like when it's my time to move on, I will be fine with it. It's mostly just O'Banion and, and like the, the guys that he really seems to kind of uh, fully kind of pull under his wing. I think maybe they're the kind of Wooderson crew 2.0 kind of thing. But I, I think that all the other, like, your your main, main characters are all kind of like, this is fun for now, and then I will move on. I like that logic. I have a different prediction. Uh-huh. I would put my money on Benny. So that's Cole Hauser's character. Mm. Reason being, he strikes me as the most conservative. He's the one that gives pink shit because he doesn't want to sign the coach's pledge about not drinking and doing drugs. And he says, oh, hey, you know, that other crowd that you run with, they don't even care if we, if our football team wins. And so he just seems the most invested in the high school culture. So I could kind of see him being the one to cling to those football glory days for a few years more. You know, okay, I agree with you. And I'm going to give you a an additional not necessarily caveat, but like a thing to add on to that, that I think might then kind of find a, a common middle ground between our two ideas here. Because I think that while he might do that, I don't think he's going to stick around in order to do the things like the hazing and necessarily like trying to get with anyone so much as it is that I think that he clearly loves that stuff so much that he's almost afraid to move beyond it. And I think that he would want to try to be one of the next coaches. Like, he mm. gives me that vibe of, like, the the hometown hero that can't leave home. Because I think there's always two types of hometown heroes. You've got the folks who were, like, the, you know, the hot shit who then moved on and did bigger, better things. And people kind of always talk about him and are like, oh, well, you know, he used to be from here, right? Like, case in point, I'm from, you know, uh, Maryland from uh, the, like, j- just south of Baltimore. And, uh... I was a part of a theater community where uh, one of the names that we could always tout was that we were what brought Edward Norton out and about. Like, we kind of helped bring Edward Norton to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, Edward Norton doesn't really ever come home. He doesn't really ever come back to that and, like, hang out and be like, hey, what's up, you know, old 
you know, community uh, theater members that like I used to be a part of, like, you know, he's he's gone on. He's doing his own thing now. I mean, I, once you become someone that plays the Hulk. I think that, you know, you don't have to go back home. Right. Um, but then there's other people who will do that thing where they are the hometown hero who just stays there because, like, they were such a huge force in that community that they felt like they could never leave it. Much like basically every male protagonist in every Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, with the with the flannel shirt and kind of the rugged beard and the deeper understanding of love. Yeah, like Benny's definitely going to put on a flannel t-shirt when it gets to be fall. I mean, look at look at those luscious locks that he's got going on. Those like little gentle <laughs> curls, those sideburns. Let that grow into a little bit of a beard, you know? Yep. And like puts on the lumberjack, uh, you know, outfit essentially. Then suddenly it's like, well, you know, I love baking cookies for the children during the holidays because, you know, there's not enough money in town for everyone to get them. So this way everyone has a little bit of holiday spirit. Anyway, the football team went uh, 10 and 6 this year, so not our best year, <laughs> but we'll be back with the with a vengeance next year. <laughs> yeah, I okay, I totally dig it. All right, all right, all right. So, you were talking about how Wooderson stands out. Mhm. I wondered whose fashion stood out to you the most. Oh, that's a good question. So I think that like, I mean, it's funny because to me, it's like all of them are just so dressed like for the times. Mm -hmm. But what I think is funny, like, so what stands out the most to me is uh, the one girl when they're all walking in, there's the girl with the short bob. And I'm trying to remind myself of what her name is. Dark hair. Yeah. Hang on. Okay. Okay, she stands out to me, and I unfortunately, like, not necessarily in a, a great way, but I feel like it's because, like, everyone is, again, it's so of the time, like, it, I love the high-rise jeans, some of them being almost bell-bottom, some of them not being, I just feel like, you know, we give some shit to, like, the, what I think people would now call mom jeans. Oh, sorry, I just realized, can I cuss on this? I realized oh, yeah. I didn't ask. Okay, so I just yep. want to make sure. I feel like we give, you know, uh, give trouble to people who wear those types of jeans nowadays. <laughs> but I, honestly, I think they I just said you could great. swear. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I already said it at that point. No, but, like, <laughs> when she walks in, when Kay walks in, she's in this, like, floral print, like, I don't know how, what to call it, but it looks like she's wearing a curtain. Whereas everyone else is in like, I'm very clearly a teenager, right? And then she looks like she's dressed like to go, like maybe not necessarily to go to church, but like her parents are like, oh, we have like important dinner guests coming over. You know, please try to dress a little nicer to impress them. But uh, in general, so like there's that uh, outfit. And then I think that Michelle also dresses uh, pretty sharp. And then... Oh, Michelle is cool. Uh, and then... I think, I mean, honestly, like, the, for most of the guys, most of them are in, like, you know, your typical, like, tee and maybe a vest or or whatever. But what's his name? Uh, Tony. I actually really dig Tony's shirt. I know it's, like, it's, in a way, it's a little ugly, but, like, I don't know. I really, I think that that shirt looks great. Nice. Like, I would probably wear that, like, in, today. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing that I feel like I, I definitely have sort of made a name for myself in, and, like, the semi-casual dad rock look semi-casual dad rock <laughs> I mean, that's incidentally my favorite genre of music dad rock yeah hell yeah especially because dad rock now is starting to become things like blink 182 which i think is like it part of me that hurts my soul 
but also part of me is like, no, you know what? That's always been my jam, so I will gladly accept. That's always been your jam. Well, perfect segue. If they made a movie like Dazed about your high school days, what song would play on the soundtrack as you're heading out to one of those poorly parked parties? So, okay, I've actually been thinking about this a lot, and I feel like part of my issue is that like I'm coming at it with a couple like a couple different like perspectives right like if if you want to go for like my pop punk days i mean they which are still here to be clear i'm still very much my pop punk phase uh because it's not a phase mom and i will never grow out of it (laughs) but i feel like something from like my high school years would have been anything from like the mid blink rain two stuff because i'm not going to accept the self-titled album because it's i sorry to say it's a controversial opinion for someone of my age, but I don't actually like that album that much. But I feel like Enema of the State, one of their, you know, they're basically their most lauded album, uh, I think has some real bangers on it that like would make sense in this, you know, point. Uh, I mean, there's literally a song called The Party Song, but I feel like it's not quite there for this, just say, but like, you know, it, maybe in the background once you're at the party. But a song like, I don't know, even like Dumpweed, the first song from that album, I think would be a strong choice. Uh, but if you want to go for like my ska days, I honestly feel like either Dateless Losers by Real Big Fish would be great for like me and my friends, not to put ourselves on blast a little bit, or also from Real Big Fish, um, their cover of um, Kiss Me Deadly, I feel like would be like a very suitable replacement for this song, like not terribly far off in year of what I mean, of the original song, like within like a decade, basically, uh, but then playing through, you know crap well not crappy because they, they they're not crappy but like you know through horn sections instead of like synths and stuff like that I feel like those are probably all of my things, but if I got to pick like my coolest song, I realize I'm giving you seven options, but uh, <laughs> that I, this is also coming from a standpoint of like, if I'm a movie director and then I go, these are the songs that I will accept from licensing, whatever you can get me. It's Time to Party by Andrew W.K. I feel like has a very similar spirit to uh, rock and uh, rock and Wow, why can I not speak? Uh, rock and roll all night. Uh, I started to say rock and party like five times. <laughs> I was like, that's not the song. That's the unlicensed yeah, dad that's rock. A, exactly. <laughs> I want to rock and party all night. Do, 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 do. It's like really, really like not good. Like the riff is like three notes because they're and not And get great. home before it's too late. Exactly. And tell your mom that she's cool. Oh. And then it's like, and to, you know, do your homework for school. It's like, stop, please. <laughs> it's not fun anymore, dad. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, It's Time to Party by Andrew W.K. goes unbelievably hard, and it is very much just all about the party of, uh, I mean, sorry, the spirit of party. That song and literally Party Hard are two, like, anthems, I feel like, of party goers, even to this day. Uh, they just, I mean, they they are face melters, in my opinion. And, like, you can't hear those songs and not bob your head. You know what I mean? Like, they they are just, like, grooving enough, I feel like, that you kind of have to let loose a little bit. Nice. I appreciate all of those options. And I wonder, was there ever a time 
that you can remember that you'd say, okay, we're on our way to the party. We've only got a couple of minutes till we get there. Mm -hmm. This is specifically the song that I wanted to hear and you cue it up or were you just not as extra as me when you were? No, no. Okay. So I have a very vivid memory of this before. So like, okay, I don't remember any of the songs that like on the way to parties that we would listen to because I feel like back then, especially with like older iPods, you know, you weren't like able to just stream whatever. So you were kind of, you know, at the mercy of either what someone had on like a mix CD, if they had a CD player, or if you were one of those cars where you had like a tape deck that was like a tape to an aux cord, um, which boy, I do, do I miss those days. <laughs> but like when you had one of those things and you would plug it into someone's like old iPod and you hear that little as they would kind of like scroll through. I do have a very, very vivid memory of the summer of 2010. So I had been out of high school for a full year at this point and we had come back for summer break because you know we didn't have apartments or anything like that you know you're a freshman you just got out of your dorm and so all of my old high school friends were like back in town uh and we were getting together i think there was about it was honestly a pretty small gathering like when i say small i mean like 20 maximum people were going to be at this thing and uh, i remember getting in the car of my good friend austin and, you know, we've been, you know, jamming to just a bunch of just like random stuff in the background. And when we knew we were getting close, we definitely did uh, We Like Sports by The Lonely Island, because for some weird reason, we really loved that song, the people in, in that particular car. And like, we would play that frequently, and we would never be able to make it through the uh, and scare the other team with our mad dog faces like what, 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 <laughs> every time we would always try to do that as a group none of us could keep it together. Like right now I'm fine because I'm not sitting in a car with three other people like hyped beyond belief, <laughs> knowing that it's also funny to us, right? But like in those moments, we could never, uh, like we would always try and do the straight face, you know, reaction to that bit or like actually getting the words out and we can never get through it straight faced. And it was um, just a pure joy to me. And like I had strong, strong memories of playing that song at least four or five times, like going up to different gatherings, like throughout the summer. Uh, Like it didn't matter what we were playing beforehand. It's like once we knew we were about to go inside, either it was like as we're getting uh, getting up there or after we park before we can go in, we got to play this song. Nice. I love it. And in terms of the song in this scene yes i feel like honestly there's not a ton to say in terms of how well it works for the scene because what i've noticed as a pattern in these conversations is it's just always the song you can't imagine a different song being chosen right and it works perfectly which i'm glad that i've been having these discussions all along because it's kind of built to a deeper understanding that okay that is a big key to why this movie works Mm -hmm. and it's a credit that or it's a credit to the director for pushing to get the licensing for the original song so it was songs of the time and the original artists right not crappy covers like you get in so many other movies and so i i think that it just works it's just it's what you can imagine hearing correct i 100 agree with that and i have a question because you, you you would probably know the answer to this if like if anyone knows it, it's going to be you did for the soundtrack for this movie was that something where they got all their rights like afterwards and stuff like that like most films would or like almost like in a way simultaneous or whatever or was this something where it was written into the script and then they were like we're gonna have to find a way to make it work it was more written into the script and then an ongoing fight there were some songs 
that Linklater wanted, Led Zeppelin in particular, they said no, Mm. and Neil Young, they just couldn't afford. Right. And that's why Mila Jovovich is on the soundtrack instead. So that's, um, that's something that I think about, you know, frequently with movies like this, because, um, you know, a lot of movies, basically one of the things they teach you in like, you know, filmmaking classes and stuff like that, like when you're going through um, uh, like your script to screen type situations, um, you're frequently taught not to do that, right? To not include what song is going to be playing in the background of something, whether it's uh, part of the plot or not, mm-hmm. uh, because there's no guarantee that you're going to get that music. Uh, but I always found very interesting about uh, the more recent offerings of um like soundtracks for movies by james gunn being both uh all three of the guardians of the galaxy movies well i guess well, i can't i guess i can't say all three because i haven't seen the third one yet it's not out i was but, gonna um, say how, but at least the first you two already seen then, volume three I, I guess i'm just making an assumption but like between the the first two and suicide squad like his whole thing has been like according to him there's only one song he's ever not been able to get. And I think also part of it is that like when you're a huge name and you have like a large amount of success mm-hmm. and you have a huge, you know, company behind you, it's probably very hard to get a no, honestly. Yeah. Whereas like, in contrast, Linklater, exactly. this was his first right. being big budget movie. Unknown, he made Slacker basically. before this. Yeah. yeah. Being like an unknown entity. And also, I mean, honestly, even like back then, I just feel like in general, you just didn't have budgets and backing. Uh, which I, I guess is not necessarily budget wise, but I mean like backing in terms of like people supporting the the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just didn't have it the same level as you do now because we have really truly let entertainment kind of run uh, a little wild. But I'm not necessarily complaining. But like it, it's fascinating to see how different it is and how good some soundtracks can be or have been. Uh, when it probably was way more difficult than than it is now. Yeah, yeah, and and it makes you realize what a precedent setting this right. movie this was in in that regard. Because I feel like this and and uh, High Fidelity as well are like two films where I'm always like, man, what a insane soundtrack that these films had, and like I wonder how difficult it was to make that work. Because like you know sometimes you have major movies to this day where you're still kind of like, man, nothing truly memorable on it. Uh, and then you've got just huge blockbuster hits where the soundtrack is just hit after hit after hit. Yeah, for real. Well, before we go, I wanted to give you some time to plug your projects. I know that you do a lot of exciting things at the Scavengers Network. Tell us about them. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, I do. I do a lot, probably more than I should. Um, <laughs> I have a candle burning at four ends, which I think is impossible, but you know. So far, it hasn't run out of wax yet, so we're going to keep on going. So I am uh, one of the two members of a show called Timeline Scavengers, uh, which is done with James Anderson, who has also been on this show. And so James Anderson and I do Timeline Scavengers, which is an MCU podcast, uh, which probably also shows why I was talking about James Gunn. But we assemble the MCU timeline. Uh, one scene at a time in historical order. So, you know, we start with like the dawn of time from Thor 2, and then we go on to, you know, 10,000 BCE in Black Panther and so on and so on. So currently uh, we're in 1943 with Captain America uh, and we're going to be in the 90s next year. So like, you know, we're we're moving through time pretty quickly. And then I'm also the DM uh, and narrator, NPCs, things like that, on a show called Myth Takes, which is on a very brief hiatus, uh, 
grad school really made that show very difficult for me to produce. But now that I'm out, I'm getting back on track with it. Uh, but it's an actual play podcast with a rotating cast and uh, a bunch of Scavengers Network folks are the uh, the players on that. Uh, and then the last show that I do is a annual show called It Jams for Thee, which is an annual rewatch of the classic 1990s film Space Jam. <laughs> so, you know, ask not who the bell... Nope. Ask not who the Space Jam's for, it jams for thee. And so those are those three podcasts that I do and work on. Uh, but then I also do, um, you know, video content. Uh, I'm working on some, uh, some like, video game style stuff again for the first time in years. Um, none of that stuff has aired just yet, but it might by the time this comes out. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but then also on things like TikTok and YouTube and stuff like that, um, I do a... Uh, a bunch of Star Wars and Marvel content that's not MCU stuff. Um, so, like, I'm doing something called Alternate Timeline Scavengers, where I'm going through every non-MCU Marvel uh, project and kind of assembling that timeline and putting it together um, to look at alternate universes, basically. But, uh, yeah, so that's all that I do, which is just a lot. But um, if you ever uh, want to find any of those things, all you have to do is pretty much find me at Colin M. Parker on any platform basically and you'll find my stuff and uh also i would be remiss if i didn't say scavengersnetwork.com and at scavengersnet uh for the network as a whole absolutely thank you so much we here at days and confused 33 and a third we're proud to be part of the scavengers network and it is just a really fun community and lots of cool shows and fun projects thank you and it's it's a joy to have you here it's i think that this is like what's happening right now with you and me i think is kind of like one of the reasons that we that we started to begin with was like you know getting people together that had similar like goals and dreams and you know thought processes but uh that were also still very different in like their creative processes and uh, you know where they're from, their stories, things like that, and bringing them together to create a bunch of uh, you know cool content together. That's what it's all about. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, and uh, I can't wait to go rock and roll all night once we uh, you know hit stop recording. Can't wait to party with you. <laughs> right, but hey, hope you got your wood screws in. So I'm gonna blast your doors off or i forgot what he said <laughs> but yeah something like that i'm gonna blow your doors right off I, how it. does that even happen in a drag race i don't know i don't know <laughs> i i think that would be my thing he would probably be already gone and i go wait what stop what's that mean oh shoot oh, God. <laughs> not to worry there's a new fiesta in the making join us at the moon tower our facebook listeners group until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.